everybody. Welcome back to Movies on Our Minds, guys, the podcast in Atlanta to where we get to talk about movies. Today, I have two returning comers. You know, I'm going to start off with uh, Jerry. Oh, Rock Nine. I'm sorry. I Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, I didn't mean to get that. Yes, Rock Nine is back. Mm-hmm. Rock Nine. Rock yeah. Nine. Didn't mean to give his government name out, guys. I'm Thank sorry. <laughs> and I also have uh, Chris Kelly returning. Uh, last time we saw him, he was talking to us about uh, oh my gosh, I don't know, Ma. That's what it was. Um, hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and um, those are the two people I have here, and we're here to talk about Rocket Man, the movie behind Elton John's uh, life, which is some a biopic, yeah. But I think uh, we can agree, like the way they tackled uh, this story, the execution was a lot better than what we're. Uh, normally seeing from other films, you know, such as the last one was Bohemian Rhapsody. And I, I don't think we want to compare the two because those are two different. Two different. Yeah, yeah. I, I, those movies are completely different than, than mm-hmm. each other. And I really want to say thank you very much for telling me to go see this movie because I was not interested in seeing Rocket Man. Mm-hmm. But um, whenever I talked to uh, you yesterday, you were like, no, 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 just see it because it's not done like Bohemian Rhapsody. I was not a fan of Bohemian Rhapsody at all. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I. I would say, yeah, they're completely different. And I think that if Bohemian Rhapsody took Rocket Man's approach to make that movie, it would have been way better. You think uh, Dex uh, Fletcher tried to do as much as he can with Bohemian Rhapsody with the last two weeks? Like, if you think, do you think if he directed Bohemian Rhapsody, it would have been a lot better, a much better film? Well, not just like direct the whole entire film. Well, I mean, that's kind of hard to say because, um, I mean, behind Rocket Man, you also had one of the producers who was uh, Michael Gracie, who also directed The Greatest Showman. Mm. So, oh yeah, yeah. I don't think he was really involved with Bohemian Rhapsody. So maybe a lot of his involvement, Gracie's involvement with this movie, caused it to be the what it is mm-hmm. for them to just. Whenever they're, um, I, I love the beginning. Whenever he's playing, he's a kid, and then he starts playing the piano, and then they play Saturday Night Is Alright for Fighting, and then it breaks into him as as an older version of himself. I just thought that was so great, but um, I I don't know if they would have done that with Queen had they all been involved with it. Dexter Fletcher's involvement. With um, Bohemian Rhapsody, if it, I don't know how long he was. You say two weeks. I never, mm-hmm. I didn't read into it. But if he did do the whole movie, would it have been the same? I'm not sure. Well, not the same, or like similar feeling to it. Yeah, I think, I think but, it would have been a little different touch on it. Like I'm not sure on what scenes he actually did. Yeah, I don't. <clears> I know <throat> he didn't do Live Aid because I know that was the first that was the first one. Scene but that they shot. the scene that kind of seemed similar to at least in Bohemian was probably. When he woke up that morning, remember when he woke up in the morning, it was like the first scene in a movie when he was headed to Live Aid. Yeah, you think that's what Dex? I I would think so because it was like, it wasn't just focused on Freddie. It was like focused on everything else in the room. Like even to the pair of sunglasses when he saw, when it was on the counter and he picked it mm. up and put them on, like different things like that. Um, but I'm not sure. I don't I don't know what he actually did in there, but Rocket Man definitely is like phenomenal. It's Hands down, one of my favorite biopics, probably. Um, at least for this genre, for sure. Yeah, I was about to say, like, yeah, for this it's, genre, it's hard genre, to do a movie sure. about um, rock and roll in general. I mean, mm-hmm. how do you? That's the reason why they really haven't done anything with uh, Elvis Presley, because how can you? You can only do like bits and pieces, so it's I hard. Think, to, it's hard to make an entire film about that. I think you should play Elvis Presley. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at it with the glass. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I don't know if you noticed from my car, I have an Elvis vanity license plate. I noticed plate. that when I pulled up yesterday. I, when I got that, it's an actual real license plate from Nevada. And I, I get asked if like if that's a real thing. I'm like, yes, it is. It's a real license plate wow. someone used to have. 
Yeah, man, just throwing out there. Uh, when Elvis <laughs> is going to get a biopic, let's make sure we get Chris <laughs> Kelly in the audition room. <laughs> He's good with impersonations anyway, guys. So, you know, just throwing it out there. <laughs> but going back to uh, Rocket Man, um, I think it, it was, I don't know if it's just me, but I think the beginning already hooked me into it because not only the beginning song, but him coming into rehab, I think it really helped establish the tone of this film. Like, okay, so we know that we're going to get a backstory that's going to lead into this. So the story that we're getting is how, you know, he went from this kid to this uh, rock and roll legend all the way up until he gets the drugs and whatever, and then he checks himself into rehab. So with that being said, we're not going to explore every single thing of his life, but we're just going to explore one big chunk of it but that still tells a beginning middle and end and they 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 they, they take the music and then make, mix that with his life which made it even way better which is what i loved about i love that too i yeah. thought that was way cooler than that and everybody else got involved especially like whenever he was at the restaurant and then you saw the individual like characters character, right i love that like the scene where um he's playing the piano and then he gets elevated from the back yes. end, and then the whole crowd lifts up too. That's one of my I favorite scenes. That. I was, was like, it, it actually got me like when they started doing it, and then he dropped back down, and it went back to normal playing. I was like, yo, that's really dope. Mm-hmm. It, it got me into it, like that song when he was playing. I was like, I feel like I was there. I really felt like <laughs> they were there. They were pulling you into his world, how he kind of envisioned, envisioned. himself himself on stage. I love that. It was so cool. And mm-hmm. what's funny is I was talking to Baruch about this um, last night. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe they have like interviews of him actually saying that that is how he envisioned everything while he was performing as well. So that's another reason why I think that they put that in the movie as well. Like with him floating, mm-hmm. he said that's what he envisioned. It's so feeling cool. like and being like so. So basically, you also have Elton John himself explaining how, not exactly how he wants the movie to go, but just giving his input, his advice. Like, I understand this is based off my life, but I also understand like you guys are the filmmakers. But it's basically, basically, there's a real collaboration between the person this is based off of and the people that are making this film. Which, by the way, we might as well just give it hands down. Taron Edgerton was amazing as Elton John. Yeah, like yeah. he was just. First off, I don't know if y'all know, but Tom Hardy was originally supposed yes. to be cast. There and was then, uh, several people that were supposed to cast instead. Uh, Tom Hardy, James McAvoy, Daniel Radcliffe, and Tom Cruise were all originally chosen. Tom Cruise. And David LaChapelle was supposed to be the uh, original director. And Elton John wanted Justin Timberlake. Yep. And he played, he played Elton John in a 2001 music video. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't even see didn't, that. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was wondering. I was like, why would he want Justin Timberlake? Okay. I'm a little curious about that. I like, how do you think that it would have gone with it, with Tom Hardy? I'm, personally, I think he's a little too big. Um, maybe like, if he slimmed down. Like, I, I could see Tom Hardy uh, taking on that role. But at the end of the day, it's like Taron to me. Like He just took that uh, character. Well, for one. And it makes um, sense. It makes sense because... Uh, he's at, yeah, he's at that age. That would have been like more appropriately. Yeah. Right. Not only is he at that age, but he has so many coincidences throughout his life that connects him to Elton John. You know, like first off, when he was in drama school, I think uh, one of his performing songs that he had to sing was Your Song by Elton. Um, in the movie Sing, you know, he played one of the animals. He played the gorilla. And at the uh, concert, his song was um, I'm Still Standing. And another connection is in Kingsman, The Golden Circle, uh, Eggsy, played by Taron, has to go save Elton John. 
which i mean how often do you see elton john in feature films nowadays so it's just like so many ways as to how these two are connected and i think taryn also said in like one of the interviews for kingsman 2 the scene to where uh exit gets married and elton plays a song at his wedding elton was telling him at the uh wedding um if you were five years younger, it'd be me that you were going to be marrying. <laughs> and Taryn kind of blushed. She's like, I mean, how do I take that? You know, like, and Elton John said he would marry me, guys. I'm like, who wouldn't want to marry Elton John? <laughs> so it's just like all these things that come together to where it's like Taryn has, I don't know if exactly he has to play Elton, but I just feel like it was made for him. And not to mention the uh, director of the Kingsman series came on to produce Rocket Man. And when he did, he said, I will come and produce Rocket Man if Taron plays Elton. That was his deal. So he just straight up was like, all right, here I am playing Elton. And then on top of that, he actually sung all the songs in the movie. So when he talked to Elton, Elton was like, I want you to sing your own version of my songs. I don't want you to just take my songs and put it in there and you know dub it over your voice because on top of that, you can't sing. So even listening to the songs throughout the film, you could just tell that it's his own flavor it's his own style like a goodbye yellow brick road is different from elton john's but it still feels just as epic as elton john so it's just right. like it's too many ways as to how elton and taryn are connected now today they're saying in interviews like they're just together like this like they're, they're inseparable whatever you want to call it so yeah that's that's what i would think about how taryn and no one else yeah, I, I mean, I was I was happy to see that Taron did a really good job. Um, I thought that he he's an okay actor, but then again, he doesn't really have much um, of a resume. I mean, mm-hmm. The last thing that he did, other than Kingsman, I mean, I guess for American audiences would have been Robin Hood, which I was like, about. I mean, we don't count that. I was thinking, what do you mean you pick four movies? And I don't even think I've even seen that movie, Robin Hood. Yes, there you go. I thought you were going to say like Eddie the Eagle. I didn't see Eddie the Eagle. I am, but. Which also directed by Dex Fletch. So yeah. Coincidentally. And all, all the producers of, of most of the producers of this movie also produced Eddie the Eagle as well. Um, well but sorry. no, I, I was I was happy to see um, done really well. Um, Taron Egerton. So. What about you, Jerry? What did you think about Taron's performance? Um, I mean, I thought I thought he did amazing as Elton. I mean, not only just the acting part, but I mean, just singing his own version of the songs, like, and they not dubbing it over or anything, like. That's truly like that's talented. The fact that you on on screen as a lead, you know, actor, and you're on here singing as well. So not only are you like, so talk about pressure as you know, being on him and actually coming through and performing as well as he did. So I'm satisfied. Okay. okay quick question. Um, does anybody here know who Gerard Carmichael is? No. No. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's the dude you were telling about. But no, I don't. Yes. Know. Okay. So I'm gonna show you a picture of him. You might have seen him like neighbors. Like he he has a, a selected film, filmography under his belt as well. But I saw him in this movie. I was like, that's Gerard Carmichael. But IMDb and you know Wikipedia and all them they're, they're saying like, no, that's not him. But tell me, was this not the first guy that Elton uh, kissed in the film? It looked just like him. Uh, you can go either way, really. Yeah, no, yeah, it looks like a lot like him. A lot like it looks just like him, especially yeah. in that one. Definitely looks like yeah. him. Yeah. So it wasn't like, him? You're, yeah, you're a fag. You're a friend's fag. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. But apparently, I, I can't find on the internet who played that guy. Don't quote me on that. Uh, people are listening. Like, I'm pretty sure it's not that hard to find, but I'm just looking at it. Like, I want somebody else to tell me out there was that not Gerard Carmichael? 
in Elton or in uh, Rocket Man. But that was just something that was out of curiosity. Um, other performances out here, guys. Uh, Jimmy Bell as Bernie. I thought he was a. He, they had great chemistry, right? Him and Taron Edgerton. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was yeah. They they really they they flowed naturally, and it, that, I read online that um, they said that the this movie is a a, ro- a romantic film, whereas um, and the romance is between Elton John and Bernie. So it's like, but since that they aren't, they're not. It's not sexual. It's just like a like a um, bromance, like a bromance almost. Yes. I can see that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's kind of the feeling I got when I heard Tiny Dancer, mm-hmm. which I was telling you when he saw his friend go with the girl, and he was like, you know, then they started singing Tiny Dancer, and I, I just kind of pictured that it was like he liked him more, especially when he leaned in and tried to kiss him the first time, and he was like, whoa, like, bro, I love you, but I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, no. Like, I kind of saw a little something. I'm like, I don't like him, but Bernie's like, no. I thought Bernie was going to go for it. Uh... Not exactly in that scene, but the your song. Not even your song. It was when um the scene to where he did say, "Did you tell your friends that you're a faggot as well?" And then he asked Bernie, "Does it uh does it matter to you?" Oh. And then Bernie took a second and he was like, "No, it doesn't." In my mind, it's like, does he like? There's three things that are going through my mind. Like, does it really matter to him? And he doesn't want to play with Elton anymore, or like it really doesn't matter and we could keep going. Or third, what if he's like, oh. Okay, I might not be alone. Okay, right, I might exactly. have a show with Elton that's, as well. That's how I interpreted it too. It was like, yeah. hey, all right, we can we can hang out. But then it was like, oh well, now he's he's actually straight. But he's like, we have, um, you know, you're an extremely talented musician. I'm a, I'm a talented poet, so mm-hmm. I don't want to screw this up because it's still at the very early stages of my career. So it's like, let's let's just try to work this out. Right. But did y'all not get the feeling like when he wrote your song, and then Elton started singing that it was like. He was writing it for them, but I, more mm. more so of like a bromance, I guess you could say, instead of like you said, it's romantic between them too. But mm. when he wrote the song, because he says in the song, um, "If I had enough money, we would get our own spot and stuff like that." And then he was like, "Boy," because he even said "boy" in the song. He wasn't like "girl." He said "boy." It's <clears throat> possible. I didn't really think of it like that. Um, I thought it was more so he. He uh, wrote it for Elton at first. That's that's what came to my mind. But when he came down and he was smiling, I just I took it to where it's like that he couldn't have asked for a better collaboration. You know, like this is somebody that's on the same page with me. This is somebody to where as soon as I wrote, like, honestly, this is something about Rocket Man that I really love. They visually told you a story. With their camera, they said it with the lenses as they were pressing recording shit. So I say that to say, how did we see that Bernie and Elton are just great with their collaboration? Because Bernie is sitting at the table writing the song, right? So he shows it shows how quick Bernie is with uh, writing the songs. And then he immediately gives it to Elton. And Elton immediately goes to the piano and just comes up with the uh, music right behind it. It shows how quick these two are with their minds. And that when it comes to collaborating and the songwriting and the song making, it's just... So when um, Bernie immediately gives him the, uh, the songs and he goes upstairs, Elton uh, goes ahead and you know gives the, the, the music behind it. Then Bernie comes down and he's smiling because it's, and then Elton smiles back at him. I didn't look at it as a romance. It was like a bromance. Like, yo, we have something and we are going to make something of this. And that's just why I got by watching the film. So I didn't get that, but I did get something from that personally. 
don't know. What about that's, you, Chris? That's kind of what I mean. No, I, I really I interpreted it as I almost looked. I looked at it much like a romantic film between these two guys, but one of them is straight. So I didn't really think too much of it because I mean their their history has already been told about a million times, at least um, in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. We've already heard about Elton Elton John and his his life and uh, his one of his his husband. Sorry, <clears throat> his current husband is um, was a producer on this. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, David wow. Furnish. Uh, so, when at the end when it says you know Elton is going to be retiring soon, and you see him with his husband and their two kids, mm-hmm. that's one of the producers. Okay. And he also made a documentary on Elton John back in 1997 called uh, Tantrums and Tiaras. <laughs> is there pictures called Rocket Pictures? I think that might have just been like a uh, maybe like a thing that was made for the movie. You I know, was wondering, kind of like because I thought the same thing, but then like with like uh, every time you watch a movie and you see, you know, like what is it with um, what, Raw Nerve was one for a little while, and you had mm-hmm. uh, they always have like a certain thing like, that's like a cheeky thing with the movie. So I thought I, that's what I interpreted it as, but then again, Rocket Films is kind of a generic name, anyways. It kind of is, and it, I don't know. It did throw y'all off too, but when it showed Rocket uh, coming up, I was like, oh, I was about to say Rocket Man, and it's just said Rocket Pictures. <laughs> I was like, okay, that that was pretty cool. I thought, yeah. I thought, I thought it was really cool too the way they, um, you know, the, with the cinematography of George uh, Richmond, who did the Kingsman films and Eddie the Eagle. Okay. Um, that whenever Elton's on stage and then he blasts off and then he appears in the airplane, it's just like, and he's just there and it's just like he's so like drugged up at that point that it probably was almost like that for him. Yeah. That he was like he would be performing constantly and then wearing another outfit and mm-hmm. i loved how they they just spun him around in the in the piano and then he had a different outfit on and he had another outfit on and then he fell over bam he's on an airplane and it's just like kind of like how the hell did that happen it's like that's probably how it felt like to him that's actually one of my favorite cinematography cinematography yeah y'all know what i mean anyway that's one of my favorite Crushing ones throughout it. the movie anyway <laughs> <laughs> was, uh, <laughs> was the uh was the rocket man one um because when it all happened you know he was at the party um he catches husband obviously cheating on him or not even husband but boyfriend i guess you could say john oh, you're talking reed. about john reed yeah um cheating on him and he's like you invited them you told me to invite them blah blah, blah. so then he go up there oh try to od and then he's like my next act i die and he and just falls right in the, right in the pool. pool. And the next thing you know, you just see the kid down there, which is him playing that was Rocket so, Man. It was so like horrific, but beautiful. Yes. Because mm-hmm. he's trying to kill himself, but he's like, oh, there's me. Rocket Man. Yeah, and it's and like, then, oh my God. And then the people jumping in, and it's almost in a sense of that they're outer space, mm. which is what I think what they were yeah. trying to do with the pool. Mm-hmm. Like they were out of space because it's like kind of in the sense of no gravity when you're in a pool and you're like down there. It's like, but they were really swimming to save him, to get mm-hmm. him out. Like I, I thought that was amazing. And then the fact that after all of that, they they showed him clips of getting in the ambulance and them sucking the pills out of him, and he's still performing. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. And then he dresses up, and now he's in a baseball outfit, still performing the same song yeah. on stage. I was like, yo, this is amazing. I was like, I, I, I love like, that. That was amazing. I thought that was so cool yes, how they did was, that. Because it's almost like that's fairly accurate to probably like what he was going through. It's like, all right, mm-hmm. man. Get that shit out of him and throw him on stage. He's Back like, to the same Hello. shit. <laughs> and he has the, the diamond bat. And it's like, oh my God. Yep. Well, um, one of the things I thought was kind of kind of cheeky was that whenever he tells his mom that he's gay, she's watching Liberace on television. Which Liberace was a very flamboyant 
performer, also played piano, covered in diamonds. I, didn't I really didn't pay attention that. to that. You didn't know? Well, I guess they probably didn't really like focus on that, but it was like it was just a quick thing where she was watching Liberace on yeah. television, and then I was Easter like, egg. "Oh shit!" Mm. <laughs> it's now, pretty funny. What did you think too of? Um, Man, we can talk about the cinematography all day. On I this mean, film. hands down, like, I, I told you last night. Phenomenal. I think it's I think it should win award, best award for it. So for best cinematography, yes. Um, I was going to say too, like the scene to where uh, when Elton was a kid and his whole family was singing about uh, love. You remember that? Like everybody wanted their mm-hmm. own version of love, mm-hmm. right? But the blocking of it, the way it was directed, he had all the actors separated into different rooms, rooms. because they are all separated in the house. With how they uh, want their how they want love, love for each right. other, so Elton is on the wow. stairs thinking like you know I wish I had love like this. The father's in the other room. I wish I had love like this. Uh, the wife is still sitting at the table in the dining room saying I wish I had love like this. Grandmother is uh, somewhere in the kitchen. It's just like they all are singing at the same time, but yet they're all separated. It's just like so many shots like this throughout Rocky Man that a lot of people are not going That's- to notice. That's beautiful. I didn't even think of that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, like it's just amazing. Or it's how, that's just one scene. Um, and then I was telling you one of my favorite shots in the film. That I was like, I, I don't know if people are gonna see this real quick. But um the scene to where Elton marries uh his first one, which by the way, I I think that was just out of the blue. I don't want to say it was rushed. I understand why it's in the film because, you know, this is around the time he got married, blah, blah, blah. But it's just like, I don't even remember her name. I don't even know if they mentioned her name, to be honest. It was just thrown in for two scenes and thrown right back do out. You, because do you we, remember? It's, I mean, it was brief. And I just thought, I, I almost like when I saw the woman, I thought that was like a, his mom. Like very briefly, I thought for a second because there was like, it looked like her. And I was like, right. oh, wait, no, his mom would actually be a lot older. I was like, oh, they're getting married. Okay. And then they open mm-hmm. up the door and they're in two separate rooms. And I was like, oh. Right. Exactly. That was... All right. But yeah, which again makes you think. Like, yeah. Not exactly what was the point of this, but I feel like you could cut this out immediately. But then you might have some fans out there, some people that are really behind Elton John. Like, where was that? What I thought that was around this time. Of course, which, yeah. you could probably say that about Circle of Life because if Circle of Life came out in ninety four, ninety four, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we were around this time in Rocket Man, but. Probably because of license and you know that's a yeah they, they couldn't this paramount. I mean the the budget was a 40, 41 million dollars. Do you think? They do really, you, do you think that have. was around the time? Yeah, well, yeah. Lion King was ninety four. It, it, like, it would have been. Had, what yeah, year you think he would have got out of rehab? Uh, well, if he's twenty eight years sober now, he would have been ninety. What is that like one or two? It would have been before Lion King. Well, I mean, the movie comes. I think it, the movie ends like almost like a year or two after he gets out of rehab. So then it would have been. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't see because they could have had the beginnings cause, of it. Because honestly, the, honestly, the beginning of it. What I was picturing, I'm gonna let you do your. Yeah, scene, no, but ahead, what I was picturing at the end of it when he got a rehab, I was like, oh, he didn't do Lion King yet. So when Bernie handed him the paper, I was like, maybe this is him handing him a song mm-hmm. that he used for Lion King, Rocket Man Two. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Rocket Man Two, Deuce's Wild. That's what I was thinking though. I was like, man, I was like, yo, this is gonna be crazy. But I know they weren't gonna go into it because mm-hmm. obviously it was ending. But I thought it would have been a cool little like cliffhanger, like oh, like like a little. We know nod. we know he wrote it and he he sung it, but I just thought, they could have ended the credits with him like starting it. You mean something yeah, like, like starting that. it or something? Because yeah, he would have been. I think right. he was out of been. rehab when he did that. I mean, I he would have so. been. You it's, know. It's possible they could do a sequel to Rocket Man, but I don't, I don't think I don't we would. Think no, God, that's they would. like anytime they do a sequel. What did they even? Did they have they ever done a sequel to a biopic? I mean, I don't even. Um, think, I can't. Nothing even comes to mind. I can't even imagine. Like, 
Mm, I mean, they could if they wanted to, because they, they could, could just do, do another section of his life that takes place as long as you have uh, the drama. And but I don't think it'll be good, though. Like, I, don't, I don't think it'd be no. worth it. Uh, I wouldn't even because you know they they wouldn't have they wouldn't be able to do any more musical numbers because the first thing everybody would say is we did that in Rocket Man so then they go and, right you know, couldn't do that they have to eliminate everything that made Rocket Man good and just kind of like I guess basically do a story about him in rehab would be mm-hmm. the best thing or maybe like um, him in the nineties afterwards and they could do what was it? I read an article on the Onion that I thought was pretty funny and it said like fans of Rocket Man were confused about the forty five minute um, scene about Princess Diana dying which is I thought was kind of funny. But because it didn't, well, because he was, he, the candle in the wind, the song that came out when Princess Diana died. Does anybody remember 1997? I don't remember. I was two years old. I was 13. Oh. Oh, wow. Son of a bitch. I was was five. Man, it's some bullshit. (laughs) Y'all talking about playing shuffleboard? What the hell? (laughs) Man. Okay, so anyways, in 1997, when Princess Diana died, uh, Candle in the Wind came out. It's a beautiful song that Ellen John made. He originally wrote the song for Marilyn Monroe, so whenever that song came out for Candle in the Wind, they played that for Princess Diana. And that was kind of like a quote-unquote comeback for Elton John. Even though, in reality, I don't think he ever went away, because he's always been there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he never really... I, don't, I can't even remember a time um, someone not bringing up Elton John, at least in my lifetime, because, I mean, he was always popular. But they they said that was like his comeback was in um, 1997 with Candle in the Wind. Hmm. No, I hope we don't really get that. I, I still think that would be a little unnecessary if we go that direction. Well, I I don't think they're going. I I, I don't I think, I think that's about the only way they would do it if they were to do it. But oh, I okay, I can. Understand I mean, there's that. no way that'd be that'd be stupid. It's kind of like if they made a continuation of The Dirt, which yeah. nah. <laughs> take it or leave it. That movie's okay, right? But um, to go back to uh, what I was saying about the uh, wife. Um, there was this uh, wide shot, or it was a two shot of Elton and his wife sitting at a breakfast table, right? And the shot was there was a window um, behind them, well, not really behind them, but besides them, I guess, and it was shining light through the window, and it was shining on his wife, which left Elton on the left side, of, or camera left, in the darkness, in the shadows, so while she is in the uh, light, he's in the darkness. And as they're pouring their drink at the same time, she's pouring orange juice into her cup while he's pouring alcohol into his cup at the same time. So it's just like this is saying so much without having to say a single word, you know, except at the end where he says, I'm sorry. But it's just like it's Rocket Man is really telling me a story, guys. For those beautiful, that, beautiful cinematography, and I did notice that shot too. I was like, when I saw that, it was really, it was I, really. I laughed. I laughed, and I think I was the only one in the theater that laughed when he actually poured alcohol in there. Yeah, be like, hey, I'm with you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, that shot is just gorgeous. I love that. It's, it's so great. symbolic and everything. I saw that, and I was like, oh my god, this is so good. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one other shot is something that me and you were talking about, and you also uh, shed more light on the shot that I, that yeah. I didn't even think. Well, more so the scene, I guess. So the shot I was talking about was um, the very beginning and I guess the very end when uh, Elton John is coming into rehab, but he's wearing this uh, demon suit, but as he's opening the doors, the light is shining above him. So it's almost as if like he's walking into heaven, overcoming his demons. That's why he's walking with so much force. You know, he's like, I've, this is me now. I've, I've overcome this demon. That's why uh, we have insert shots of him shedding feathers, you know, as he's walking on, uh, towards the hallway. 
But something that you brought to my attention yesterday right. was, um, if you want to go ahead and say yeah, it. Yeah, sure, sure. I said, mm-hmm. fuck it. Um, well, basically, if you remember watching, he had on a full suit, right? Mm-hmm. And as they kept going back to him in rehab, he would lose every part of that suit, a little piece here. Oh, uh, yeah. First, it, it was the wings. The wings. And then all of a sudden, he took off the horns. Then he unstrapped the helmet. Then all of a sudden, you see him now. He's in a robe, like midway through, like a little over midway through the film. He's in a robe. And then, like, at the end, he's in, like, a regular normal clothes. It just kind of shows that he's, like, shedding off, like you said. As he's telling his story. He's telling his story, and Mm -hmm. he's getting deeper and personal. And he's, he's breaking down to his therapist what's really hurting him inside, and he's losing what he came in there with, which was the demon suit. So it's like he's getting it off of him and... He's, He's like shedding his reality. demons, right? Uh, quite literally, and oh yeah, that's great. Yeah, so. it's just like yeah, like Rocket Man is really hitting us in so many ways. So it's and just he was sweating like a fool in that suit too, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's <was> hot. <laughs> He's in rehab. I mean, we all know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just um, many many things we could say about this film when it comes to cinematography wise. I, again, the performances I think were amazing. Um, I want to go to the uh, mother for a second because I thought. She she and the father were very cold. I don't know about y'all, if y'all felt that. Um, very cold to Elton John. Mo- mostly the father, but the scene where the mother was telling him that you'll never be loved properly. I don't know. That just kind of hurt for a second. Was that just... Yeah, but also, that I, I felt a little sting whenever she said that. But then again, you got to imagine this is the mid-70s mm-hmm. yeah. when homosexuality was still not considered um, cool. Yeah. Or not cool. I mean, more like, like a socially acceptable. To, to be that way. So in her mind, she's like, well, that's fine. I don't really care. You're going to be alone. So I'm going to go get railed by my new husband. <laughs> right. So. And I mean, yeah, she was kind of harsh. Like, I mean, the father, he was, I mean, what can we really say about him? He, he was who he was. He I, was. I really felt pain for him. Um, that scene with the mother that, he, that she said that you're never going to find love or whatever. Mm-hmm. But also the scene where she kept throwing in his face like, you know what I did for you? I did all this for you. But yet... In the beginning, when he was a kid and he was trying to go to school, you didn't want to take him because you wanted to go shopping. So basically, it's like you couldn't really get behind her when she was saying, like, all this I've done for you. And you right. think it's yourself, like, what like, have you done? Yeah, even he said that. He was like, you've done nothing. His grandma was the only love that he really had in the house that really wanted to push him. Mm-hmm. And then the other scene that got me with the father was when he went to revisit him and he yes. had a whole family because the first thing he said to him when he sat down was, Hey, do you mind signing a record? And he told the child, "Hey, can you go grab my record off of?" Him? Beginning of the movie, what what did Elton do when he first went in the room? He was like, "Hey, come in here, sit down, don't talk." He grabbed the record, and he said, "Dad, you gonna um, let me play this or whatever? You gonna teach me how to play it?" And he was like, "Don't ever touch my records. You don't touch those, blah blah blah." But yet, mm. you let the new yeah. kids go and grab your record, and I, I was just like, "Damn!" Like you could just see it in his eyes and how he felt like just sitting in that room is just kind of gave you that cold feeling, like. He really didn't want anything to do with didn't him. Didn't want nothing to do with him, but yet you treat the your new kids like, I mean, yet are your kids, but you didn't give him the same upbringing. Like, you really treated him like straight dirt. Like, you didn't even care to even see him that long. I mean, shit, you wouldn't even let him touch a record. Yeah, like, but please, can you give me an autograph so that my coworkers will like <laughs> Right, him. not even for him. That's, and that was yeah. the other thing. He was like, to yeah. dad, and then he was like, oh, no, no, no. Don't this do is that. for Arnold, my, my coworker. Like, He's a huge fan of yours, and it's like, nice. man, man, I was man, like, F you. Wow. Jeez. Like, that, that's thing. And I was like, yeah. bought him a watch and everything. I'd be like, give me this damn watch back. <laughs> <laughs> this is just as harsh as when John Reed, uh, uh, 
punched him or uh, hit him really hard when he came out of uh, the phone booth. I mean, I saw both sides of that. I don't know if that's, um, I don't know what it was, but um, maybe it's because I'm a Libra. I see both sides of everything when somebody says something. But like, mm-hmm. he was like, he's like, well, he's like, I don't want to perform. He's like, smack. Well, tough shit because we got about 10,000 fans. And it's like, yeah, I, I see that side too because it's like, I get it, but it's like, could we give him like 20 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe let, let's have, let's sit down. Have yeah, we a give sandwich. him like twenty minutes. I mean, he, now he got a bruise on his face. Like, yeah, we yeah. get some makeup on there. <laughs> let's buy him a sandwich. Let's let him chill for a minute. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I saw that, but it was like, John like, Reed was such a dick in this movie. Like, it, and it sucked because seeing Bohemian Rhapsody, we didn't get that John Reed at all. Mm. So it kind of surprised me watching this film, and I was like, I didn't know John Reed was gay. I didn't know he was that big of a dick. Like, I was you like, think, wow. uh, you well, think, um, before before he met Elton John, actually, he had a very lucrative career. I mean, mm-hmm. it was like a whole big thing behind him. It was like um, he had I've, I I, had, um, I read it last night, but he had he had discovered a bunch of different bands in the early sixties. Yeah. So like before he even met Elton, it was like his whole he had an entire dynasty. He had an entire dynasty behind him, so he was very lucrative in his career. Do you think um, the actor from Bohemian Rhapsody should have came uh, for Rocket Man? Or just like you know, it's totally fine. That well, I mean, you can go either way on that one, really. I mean, it just, it it boils down to the director choices, anyways. But I mean, mm. I, I think that maybe it just it just depends. I mean, I think that if they did bring the same guy from Bohemian Rhapsody, I think audiences they would have recognized him, and it probably wouldn't have gone over as well. And people would just be like, "Oh, come on, you were that guy in that movie." You know what I mean? Like if you saw someone doing, I it's couldn't like, see that genre. It's kind of like when they made uh, the the uh, uh, the Truman Capote movie, Capote mm-hmm. with. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and then immediately afterwards they came out with uh, Infamous. And it's like you literally just saw this movie with a similar actor. It's like that no, that wouldn't. I don't think it would have matched, or would have gone over very well. Maybe if they had his own movie or showed his own own you know, kind of bio thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I couldn't see that same John Reed though. Like I honestly felt like because you said that was Rob right from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Do we want the King of the North or? Littlefinger, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? Exactly. Which John like, Reed, do we prefer? Like the the um, the John Reed and Rocket Man definitely seemed. He played his role as, and he can look. He looked his role as like, dude, you you're a dick. Mm-hmm. Like he looked his. Yeah, he role, looked like an asshole. He looked like an asshole. But the one in Bohemian Rhapsody didn't look like an asshole. He kind of looked manipulative. Manipulative. He looked like, like Littlefinger. Little <laughs> 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 he looked that. That's point on though. That's point on. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to start uh, with you, uh, Chris. If you had to give it uh, out of 10, what would you choose? Uh, well, um, I, I rated it last night on IMDb, but I gave it a nine-star rating. Okay. Yeah. And uh, apparently, like, a lot, a lot of people on, online seem to agree with what we're saying. Uh, it gets a 7.7 on IMDb, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 73 Metascore. So I'd say that's pretty fair. Yeah. Um, I just want to add a few things. Yeah, uh, it's a 40, $41 million budget, mm-hmm. which they used every damn penny of that. I mean, it shows that everything that you're watching is definitely, every every dollar that was put into this movie was on screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, did $25 million so far. I mean, as of this recording, it's done $25 million in the in domestic and has done five, uh, 56.2 worldwide. So the movie is not doing, I guess you would say, hot, but it's, doing, it's, it's a good start. Considering it, is it doing better than Godzilla? Well, Godzilla has a definitely a wider release. So yeah, okay. Godzilla is definitely. It's like comparing, like saying, like, oh, well, 
Um, did Avengers do well? Well, Jesus, it's not everywhere on the damn planet. I'd hope it did something, you know? <laughs> right. Oh, speaking of that, I wonder how uh, they're taking it about with Russia. You know, that Russia is now censoring all the gay scenes and Rocket Man, of course. Uh, that explains why it's not there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, filmmakers. News Flash, good. The Greatest Showman didn't go very well in Russia. <laughs> Makes sense, but it's just like, huh, great. Compromising art, of um, course. One thing I thought was pretty notable was that of the producers, uh, um, Claudia Schiffer was an executive producer on this. Does anyone know who that is? Okay. <laughs> Claudia Schiffer was a major model. She was a supermodel uh, back in the 90s. She's mm. actually, um, she's a, she was one of the top five models in the world. Okay. Uh, she's the first model to ever worn the million dollar bra from Victoria's Secret, which was the diamond encrusted bra that they released. What was the size? <laughs> <laughs> Probably a fucking B. Uh, um, but she uh, and uh, she was also uh, David Copperfield's assistant in the nineties. Mm. Uh, she was known as like the hot chick and all the uh, magic acts. But then in the uh, um, late two thousands, that's when she started producing movies with her husband uh, Matthew Vaughn, who was also a producer on this, who also did the Kingsman movies. He uh, directed those films mm-hmm. and also did X Men First Class. Uh, but she started producing films under that name uh, because she had a stalker. But the first movie that she did was Kick-Ass. Hmm. Oh, wow. I thought that was pretty interesting. I was like, hmm. So then her and her husband are actually now producing films, and she's producing the movies that he's directing. Oh, like Christopher Nolan and Emma Thomas. Oh, I was about to say Emma Thomas. This is Emma Thomas, right? I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah because <laughs> I, I, I was about to confuse it with uh, Zack Snyder's wife. I was like, ooh, don't want to do that. <laughs> Well, a lot of this movie that like we all talk, like we talked about the cinematography and everything, does come from extremely talented people, such as mm-hmm. um, you know, like I said, George Richmond, uh, Matthew Vaughn. All those guys made all those movies that we that we said that we loved, like was uh, the Kingsman and uh, the X Men films. I'm kind of interested in seeing what the next Kingsman movie is going to be like. I actually haven't seen be. the first Kingsman. Oh, you got to see it. That fight scene in the church alone. Oh my god! Wait, have you seen the second one? I haven't seen seen. I haven't seen the first. You one. just said you haven't seen the first one. I haven't so seen like, any of them. No, <laughs> you said, neither one of them. Man, I know um, you couldn't see that, but you should have seen uh, Baruch's eyes. They were like the size of plates. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> it's Kingsman. That's what Taron Edgerton. That, that was his thing. I, was, it I, was I, really, really good. I was yes. not expecting it to be that good. And That's I was, why I, I was didn't blown. watch it because I wasn't expecting it to be that good. So I, I never was, gave it a chance. Well, I mean, I didn't expect Rocket Man to be any good, but I was like, fine. I guess I'll see it. I mean, but I love biopics though. But that's, you didn't see the dirt though. Uh, no. How old Watch is the it? dirt. No, the dirt's great. It's about Molly Crew. How old is it? Uh, it's very new. Six months ago. Yeah, it's new. It's on really? Netflix. Yeah, I'm it's a Netflix it original. It's directed by Jeff Tremaine, who did the who did all the Jackass movies and TV show. See, I'm not really. I'm. I, I like movies, but you know, it's a biopic on Molly Crew. Yeah, okay. I mean, you know, who Molly Crew is right. <laughs> uh, I can look her up. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> <laughs> I knew the answer was coming. <laughs> I and probably, that's I probably how we lost. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! I can't believe you never heard of Motley Crue, Shout of the Devil, Theater of Pain. I mean, are you serious? Naming this stuff is going to help. I actually have to. Have you never heard of this? uh, Tommy Lee. I heard of that. Yeah. Okay, he was the drummer for Motley Crue. Right. Okay. I know Tommy Lee. I I didn't know Motley Crue. I don't know who the fuck. Okay. Well, I have to listen to the songs for me to actually be like, oh, okay. So that's that's what that is. Okay. If you take anything from this, just watch Kingsman. Yes, please That's, please watch Kingsman. That movie is good. That, that fight scene in the church. Yeah, what, make, like, you could totally tell that with Rocket Man, they, they definitely had, because it's like the same cinematographer, same, um, same 
producers. You could tell that they had all that wrapped into this movie. So you like Rocket Man, you will love definitely love Kingsman, and vice versa. If you love Kingsman, I'm guarantee you'll love that. I mean, I watched Only the first one. The second one was. Yeah. What if you didn't like Kingsman two? I really enjoyed it. Kingsman two was like uh, one of those movies without getting too far off topic, but just Kingsman 2 to me was, how do I put it? How people felt about Pirates of the Caribbean 2 after watching the first one, if that makes sense. You mean like it's so good that there's nowhere to go but down? Not exactly. It's more so like the first one was short, sweet, simple. You have all these great characters. Um, You're basically opening up a whole new world. And in... Kingsman 2, I just felt as if the continuation wasn't as strong. I'll give you a great example. I haven't seen a movie. You don't even know who Motley Crue is, so I mean... <laughs> no, but him him saying that, I was about to give like a spoiler. So. No, no, okay. I totally forgot yeah. about that. But, um, you know, watch Kingsman 2. We'll come back and watch. we'll talk about both 1 and 2. I got the Blu-rays downstairs, so, you know, feel hey, free. Did you pot about them yet? Because I'll definitely come back for that. Is it not on Netflix? No. Fuck me. No, no, it's good. It. They're a great no, movie. No, we'll, they're they're worth. Like they're I've worth. Is it on HBO or something? No. no. I mean, I, I rent all my movies from Videodrome in Atlanta. So if anybody, if they're only five dollars. Keep them for a week. Is that like Blockbuster? Yeah. Of Atlanta. Yeah. Really? I've never been to Videodrome. Videodrome. I, that's where I go. It's probably you're talking it. off of uh, like little five points is yeah. around that area. Okay, mm-hmm. I know what you're. It's talking. Uh, right there, right across from Manuel's Tavern, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. where the first uh, King of Pops stand used to be, right by that Chevron. I go there all the time. I love it. Oh, but Jerry, let's go to you. Uh, what would your rating be out of ten for Rocket Man? Oh yeah, um, probably say nine and a half out of ten. Nine and a half out of ten. Nine and a half out of ten. Uh, yes. Mainly, like I said, man, I, I'm just a huge fan of the cinematography that they did in the movie. Like that, that made it for me because I love I love Bohemian Rhapsody. And when I saw how they broke this movie down, because I was like, man, Rocket Rocket Man might be a little, eh. But it might be good, you know. I was I wasn't expecting it to be this good. Like that's mm-hmm. one of the movies I can actually watch, and I might end up finding something else. Yes, the more you watch it, you the more I watch it. I'm like, like the cinematography just nailed it for me. It, it actually made me feel like part of his life, and I'm going through it with him. And like the way they're there with in his mind, right? Like, in his uh, the yeah. way he thinks, and, the, and how they had it, had them singing with him. To and also what I was telling Baruch was I feel like as he was singing the songs. And they were singing with him. I felt like that was him, his version of him writing that song down in that moment and also recording mm. it. That's what I feel like, which is why it also felt like they were singing it with him. So when you're watching it and you don't know, you're like, what the fuck is this musical shit? But <laughs> no, while he's going through that moment, I'm, I'm in my head, I'm thinking, so this is the moment that made him probably come up with this song. And he's like, okay, I'm going to write this thing. Like I need a chorus And he's right picturing here. them singing it from their mouths. Like that's, that's what I was seeing throughout the movie as well. Right. But- the yeah nine and a half out of ten like definitely yeah okay yeah definitely I don't even know what else to say but definitely um, I'm gonna go with a nine out of ten uh, personally I thought that the movie was again phenomenal um, of course it has uh, some flaws but to be honest it's, a, it's honestly one of those things where I couldn't even see the flaws because uh, the rest of the movie overcame them it was something to where like brush off the shoulder like again one of my uh, issues was again the scene with the wife it just it's in there it doesn't feel like it's needed but I get why because I'm looking at it from a behind the scenes point of view like it just happened around this time we have to throw it in there and as soon as she's divorced we never even come back to her we don't even mention her again so it was just like 
Or, or what do you want to say? And I forgot to also mention one of my favorite scenes. Uh, it's not really a scene. I guess you. It's, it's not a shot, but it's a scene. Because remember what I was telling you about yesterday? Remember um, at the end of his therapy? Do you remember that? When he was there and he and then the family member popped up, so his mom popped up and was like, Oh, yeah. And was yeah. like, you'll, you'll never be loved and you was just always this kid, blah, blah, blah. And the dad popped up. I, I love that part because it showed that it showed what made him who he was. And he was like, No, you're wrong. Because it can't. And then it showed him also coming to the light. Like, No, I just had to find out that I actually had to love myself first. And that's what I, I just love how they did that. It was like pop up of every. Mm. Bump that he went through in his in his life, and it was just like it was he's, beautiful. He's answering mm. it right there. And it's he, like he's basically finding closure with all these characters in his life, and then of course the last main person that he's finding closure with him. is himself. And then he yes. was like, he was like, I'm Elton John. He was like, I thought you were Reginald Dwight. Well, mm. that was his name, right? Reginald Reggie Dwight. Yeah, Reggie yeah. Dwight. And he was like, I thought. So what about Reggie Dwight? And I was just like, man. Yeah, I was almost like you want to shed a tear, and of course like, that, the last was the, yeah. last thing he asked was, "When are you going to hug me?" And so he had to learn to hug himself. It's just like yes, the way this was shot, it told the story through the camera, not through the dialogue. The dialogue helped. The music it helped even more. Like the, almost the music itself was a character in this film because yeah. it helped push the story. So it's reasons like that as to where this gets a, a very high rating from me because. It's just so much about this film that you can take away. It's artistic. All of us can piece something out of this film that we didn't even think about because it's the way that they shot it. It's not what they said. Did you catch when he said blah, blah, blah? No, but I remember when he showed that to us and how it made us feel some type of way. So it's just so much that we could take away from this film. Yeah. Um, again, Dex Fletch, I thought he did an amazing job. I, I thought everyone involved did an amazing job of bringing this story to life. I'm pretty sure Elton is extremely proud of this film. Um, if you probably find interviews I, I i'm i'm just assuming that he is really proud of this film because i'm everybody everywhere we go everybody's saying this is a great film mm. i hope this gets re-released in imax because i would love to see this in an oh, imax yeah. screen and probably be like a week uh a month or so but yeah i'm pretty sure they probably would i mean i wonder what, what made them bring a star is born back though because it's a star is born i mean i get it the like, movie is fucking the, phenomenal. no the, the movie is yes. great i love that movie too but like was it the numbers or was it just the fact that everybody loved it so much that they just had to bring it, was, it back? Honestly, I don't know what Star Is Born was on, but that movie just refused to leave theaters. <laughs> it just refused. To, five <laughs> months later, it's still playing in <laughs> Atlantic Station. Five <laughs> months later, it was playing at the Dollar Theater. I think for like two months straight. <laughs> I was like, holy shit! I saw it. I saw it. I wanted to see it like two more times, but I never. I kept working, and I was like, exactly. ah. that's why. It's like, I don't know how. So good. Stars Born managed to stay that long. I, just, I guess the audience kept on yelling out there, like, no, don't take it away from us yet. You know, <laughs> then they brought back the encore version, which comes out on Blu ray this month. If um, oh. anybody is interested, it's, wow, it's, it's like an additional 15 to 20 minutes of extra footage, but it's worth it. You know, if you love a Stars Born, how can you not well, love it? I know you'll footage? get it. So, oh, you know, I'll get it. First day it comes out, 4K <laughs> HD. Don't, don't I'll, I'll watch it with you. You sure will. <laughs> And we're going to oh. bring people who never seen it, and we're going to do that with Rocket Man when it re- uh, reaches Blu-ray. Get two more, two more screens. That way, it'll be like it's an IMAX, mm-hmm. but in my house. Yeah, there's going to be that Screen X. You know, just all these projectors around. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, did, I wanted to add. Um, sorry. Uh, no, go ahead. To get back on track, uh, I just wanted to add when you were talking about uh, talking about the different people involved with this movie. I would say the production designers, uh, Marcus Rowland and Peter Francis. I think they both did phenomenal jobs. Uh, both those movie and both those guys worked on Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, 
Mm-hmm. So if you like those movies, they had they had a lot, and they were heavy influences on those films. They mm-hmm. had heavy influences on this movie as well. That's I just wanted to make sure that oh, like, okay. the, the, because the production designer. I mean, no one ever like people always like forget about them, and it's like no, oh, those guys do they do such a great job. No, they definitely brought a, a lot of light to this film. You know, if it wasn't for them, or it's just if it wasn't for any, everybody, then this movie would not have been as phenomenal as it was. So, kudos to everybody. I'm probably going to see it one more time. Same that, here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As a matter of fact, my mother she hasn't seen it. She wants to see it. So, just more reasons to go back to the theaters. So. Mm. Anyway, um, I want to thank you guys again for coming uh, and talking to me about Rocket Man. You know, if you guys don't mind, we're going to start with you, Chris. Uh, where can we find you out there in this world? Um, well, I, I also guest host on a podcast called Movies, Films, and Flicks with my friend Mark Hoffmeyer. Uh, you can get that on uh, your podcast app, or if you go on Spotify, just look up Movies, Films, and Flicks. And we talk about movies just kind of like what we did right here, right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cover any type of film. It um, doesn't matter if it's new or old or any type of genre. Uh, but you can, if you want to get in contact with me, um, you can go on Instagram. It's under CLK264. Cool, cool. What about you, uh, Rock9? And you can find Mr. Rock9 here on Instagram at I am underscore Rock9. That's R O C K I X. And that's it. I'm, I'm pretty laid back, chill. I feel you. Um, yeah. All right. Well, you can find me guys on Instagram at I'm the Filmmaker and Facebook and Twitter at Baruch Barocco. Guys, I want to thank you for tuning in and listening to our thoughts on Rocket Man. I want to know what you guys thought about the film. Is it as good as everyone is saying? You know, uh, did you enjoy the music? Did you enjoy Taron Edgerton's voice? You know, for him doing the whole entire soundtrack or whatever you liked or didn't like. Let us know in the comment section below. And guys, thank you very much. And we will see you next time on Movies on Our Minds.